Tonight's episode was sponsored by Mad World. Check them out at www.itsworldmadness.com. Also check out Dubby Energy. Use our code TAVERN10 to save 10% off your order at dubby.gg. As always, I'm your host, Brandon, and I have my awesome host, Landon, joining me tonight. How are you, sir? Mocking me in the camera, knock it off. Hey, I, I do that every episode. You, you gotta yeah, understand. I'm, I am aware. I see it every <laughs> Trying to make <laughs> me laugh while I'm doing my intro. I see you. Right. That's my job. I'm an impenetrable wall, sir. Uh, also, <laughs> tonight, uh, our special guest is Michael Melton. How are you, sir? Thanks for being on the show. Not a wall, but a human. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Uh, just to give you guys a little backstory, uh, Michael is a good friend of ours. Um, we ha- we had a little discussion earlier about this. We think middle school, high school, somewhere in there. We're like old. We don't remember. His high school, and I think we were sophomores. Could be. Yeah, it might have been even earlier though, guys. I think it might have even been you guys were because I I came to the neighborhood in sixth grade, right? So. Yeah. I feel like it might have been maybe even seventh grade. It was like right after I had met Sean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so if you knew Sean, you knew me. And long-term listeners, uh, you've heard Sean on the podcast before. He came all the way from Pennsylvania to hang out with us one time. That's right. cool. Now we need him from Pennsylvania to come back onto the podcast and relive the glory days once again. Yes, via the internet. Allow us to reconnect with our childhood. Because I believe Sean was probably one of my earliest friends when we moved into that neighborhood. That's pretty cool. And uh, the crazy part is once we moved out, like the house I lived in caught on fire and burned down. Yeah, I remember that. Holy crap, I forgot that happened. That's crazy. Um, so tonight's episode, I'm not sure if you guys have looked at the title yet before listening to this, but it's Federal Cheese Caves. You heard me right, Federal cheese caves our government is out there hoarding cheese in caves like little goblins why i don't know i'm just not finding out about this tonight um i hadn't heard about this prior to starting this episode so i'm completely blind on this topic um from my understanding michael is going to be our resident cheese expert he has visited the caves he's eaten the mozzarella he's dipped it in the marinara he knows all the secrets about the federal cheese caves and just to let you know how deep this rabbit hole is about to go we have already attempted to record the beginning of this episode and before we could even get to talking about it the government shut it down completely lost connection we had to start over and lost you know a good five minutes worth of recording because the government's listening and they shut down our cheese talk. So, Mr. Melton, could you please give us the beginnings of the federal cheese caves? Hey, Tell before we do that, I just want want everybody to know that, you know, I'm all blocked up here because of the cheese that the government's been hoarding. Take me away. Laxative time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, there is a set of limestone caves out in Missouri somewhere. Um, out uh, in Springfield. Of, yeah, out in the middle of out in the middle of Simpsons country, actually. Yeah, nice. Or no, that's Springfield, Illinois, isn't it? I think so. Either way, um, that there's just rows and rows and rows of cheese. Um, looks almost like a, a a uh, cave full of parmesan 
Like you came to Italy. But it's actually, I think it's more Wisconsin cheddar than it is like Parmesan <laughs> cheese. Um, but if you look at a picture, that's what it reminds me of is, is those, that wall of Parmesan cheese. You know what I'm talking? You ever seen the, the Italian Parmesan cheese? Yeah. Yeah, just walls and walls and wheels of cheese. Okay, right? while you finish telling me about this, I'm going to go Google a picture of this. I need to know what this looks like. Continue your story, sir. And the, the official story is it started in 1970s with Jimmy Carter, arguably one of the worst American presidents ever. Um, but he basically, one of his campaign promises was that he was going to fix... Um, the the dairy industry and give dairy farmers a break and naturally you can't store milk for long term otherwise it's gonna go bad right um so the government and all of their glory decided to say hey you know what let's let's store a milk product instead what did they land on cheese why it's shelf stable well, that makes a lot of sense. I And I just looked at the pictures of this cheese cave, and you're right. Like, I mean, it's just rows and rows of cheese wheels. Holy cow. Yeah, so, and, and, this, and this cheese has been there for 50-plus years, right? Holy cow. Okay, I'm going to let it go. My dad jokes get the best of me sometimes. I'm sorry. So it's my understanding that uh, this was started back before 1949, uh, from what I read, right? Because, like, the price of milk and stuff is is a volatile uh, object or whatever, which is jumping up up and down, you know, uh, and always fluctuating in extremes. And like it would start raising up during calving season, and then but the biggest time that a dairy product was uh, in demand for was like the beginning of school year and stuff. Oh, so, so, the, so this was going on even before Jimmy Carter had said anything? Yeah, because in uh, 1949, the USDA uh, had introduced the dairy product price support system, uh, later known as the milk price support system. So is that like the early days of uh, a crypto stable coin? Kind of what it reminds me of. They, they yeah. have found a way to hold on to a specific good and release amounts when needed to try to hold the price of dairy products in general by hoarding and being the person who controls the amount of cheese well, where, right. where does the government make money on this because they're not going to do that for no reason nobody nobody hoards that amount of an item to keep a price stable just because they're good people where, where does the government get something out of this well so Basically, when when the price of dairy uh, products sink too low, the USDA buys the excess at a stable rate. Mm. Okay, uh, so basically, uh, they bought millions of pounds of cheese butter and uh, dry milk from producers. Oh, so not uh, and, just cheese. No, yeah, it's so all dairy it's products. Like the federal dairy caves is probably more accurate. Yeah, federal dairy caves, but uh, this is a lot. It's lots of stashed cheese around there. Where the do they? That's that's where they keep the hentai cowgirls at, isn't it? That's exactly where they keep the hentai cowgirls. But when they say stable rate, they're talking like basically 
I um I waited until the farmers were about to lose everything and then I bought out at a fair price. Mm-hmm. That's what they mean by stable rate. So then yeah. has the government been subsidizing the dairy industry for years and no one's ever known it? Uh well that's a very good question. And uh the short answer is yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> like most things in life. Yeah, the government uh, stabilized the market and, you know, gave steady revenue and priced us for the products, right? So now not 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 to totally cut you off here, but when you say, yeah, probably to anything that has to do with our government, just literally recently on on, uh, there was a press conference where they asked one of the representatives, you know, if you notice something weird going on with Twitter, would you step in and shut it down? Would you like completely shut down Twitter? And instead of just giving us a yes or no, they give us this like five minute, well, you know, we watch the news, the same thing you do, you know, we pay attention to all of that. But they talked, they jumped and hobbled around this for five minutes without saying no, which tells me, yeah, they will. They will come and shut that down. Freedom of speech will not be an option and they're willing to do it. So, Will they manipulate the price of dairy? Fuck yeah. Of course they will. So they wait until um, the price goes up to 125% of the support price, and then they sell all of it. Which, I mean, you know, keeps the uh, prices from dipping too low, but they also now hold the market and put a ceiling on how high prices can climb. So, you know, jump in on this, please. I I know you're dying right now. So if I'm hearing you correctly, what you're essentially saying is the government is artificially controlling dairy prices. Yes, that's what I heard. Uh, But I mean, you know, all, all in all, right, it created stable prices, but people weren't very happy. Uh, with that kind of operation because they weren't actually making an extreme on amount of money. And it was so stable that it, it was, I mean, it's virtually useless to try and make money off of that. Yes, they were making money, but not what they could have been making if the government hadn't done what they did. Well, let's think about this for a minute, right? If they're buying milk product, just general milk product from dairy farmers in America at a somewhat discounted wholesale rate mm-hmm. they have to sell the surplus at an increased rate to even make a profit right be that to public schools who are already funded by the federal government let's sell this cheese back to ourselves right I, I, I don't understand where the government gets off and making their money off of this because they're ultimately a business. They have to be ran as a business. They have to have money to operate. And when, uh, the, yeah. and when the tax system fails, where do they go? Where can uh, they, they go? They support themselves. You know, the government always said that it would support the people. And if the government is the people, then it supports the people. Then it supports itself off money that it doesn't have, but has because it taxes the people. Hey, look, I'm just speaking in government tongues right now. <laughs> you did exactly what they did in that, that Twitter press conference <laughs> the other day. The, 
price of cheese fluctuates drastically depending on the price of the cow whose cheese it came from, but the calf could also determine how the cow is perceived to cause that price increase of the cheddar that came specifically from Wisconsin. But if we're talking about anything outside of Wisconsin, we get into a whole nother realm where you got to factor in. Yep. Yes. The cheese caves. You have to factor in the cheese caves. Cheese caves. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Dairy caves. Sorry. The uh, They actually ended that program back in 2014, but kept hoarding all this cheese and stuff. And they That's now it. use it for uh, the food assistance programs, like, WIC. you know, WIC, uh, food stamp, SNAP, all that stuff. Uh, DBT. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, um, well but... Uh... I suppose what's nuts here is the fact that, I mean, you gotta think about it, right? Do you guys remember back in the day, the uh, the milk ads that we'd see in school that got milk ads? Yeah, absolutely. Ads? They, they kept telling us, oh, drink milk, you'll grow big and strong, it's good for your bones. And there was the whole, you know, food pyramid where milk was such an important part of the food pyramid. Right. And that way was to be what. Milk back in America. Well, that was <laughs> part of a special. <laughs> I would go no, fucking no bumper lie, stickers now. Like... The drinker of America. He's got his, yeah. he's got his shirts on, his hats. He's got a flag pinned up on the back. Like, look in the background right now. You can see the flag pinned up on the wall. That's a milk drink of America banner. You saw nothing. <laughs> but it, well, it's, I mean... it's crazy the agenda they pushed on us as children about drinking milk, and it was like. Literally, I remember my parents beating that into my brain, telling me because I didn't care for milk as a kid. I really didn't care for the way it tasted. It was chocolate milk, strawberry milk. Yeah, I'll drink that. But like actual, just plain milk, I, I can't stomach it. I don't like the way it tastes. And now that I'm older, I've learned to acquire the taste for it. But as a child, I really didn't like it. And they they would drill that into my fucking head. And there was all these commercials on TV. You know, Michael Jordan dunking into a bowl of milk. You know what I mean? Like, I just I don't know. Continue, Mike. What what were you getting on with that before I jumped in all over that? Well, dude, first off, I'm a 30-year-old man, and I still drink chocolate milk on a regular, pretty much chocolate on a daily milk. basis. He drinks the chalky milk out of the bottle. Hell yeah. I like chocolate milk. But the point about it is, right, I mean, this, is, this has been seen not only in the dairy industry, but across industries, right? Paper, wherever else. The government's going to push marketing for a particular product, whatever that might be. Happened in the 40s with, with paper and hemp, right? Um, that, that's a big reason why marijuana is, is now legal federally because of the paper industry. And because the... Um, because of the, 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 the hemp industry just... It generally just was out competing paper, and the paper industry did not like it. Bro, you can use hemp to make so many things. The amount of textile goods, the freaking arthritis medications. I mean, hemp has so many. Dude, hey, dude, hey, dude, shoes. Made from hemp, I believe. I'm pretty much any canvas material you can think of is most likely made from hemp. I think that is that. Uh, like 100% always hemp. Uh, I'm actually going to Google that real quick. Hold on. I'm not sure, but I know hemp grows in like 125th of the time that it takes to grow anything paper. Oh, really? That's an interesting Yeah, but tidbit. it can be, 
it could be grown and used for everything textile, all paper uh, stuff or whatever. You can use hemp, and hemp is shown to be better quality than making paper. Um, and that was the whole reason that the government shut it down and tried to defund it simply because uh, big paper or whatever lobbied so hard against it because they didn't want the textile industry to fall to hemp. So to answer that question, in earlier times, hemp was popular to make canvas. Modern times, canvas is usually made from cotton, linen, or synthetic materials. But I know there are lots of you know canvas shoes that are made from hemp. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I think I had it wrong. It wasn't the paper industry. It was actually the cotton industry. Oh, yep, from hemp laces and organic cottons. Yeah, so I guess uh, some Hey Dude shoes are made that way. Vegan-friendly materials such as suede and leather, hemp and natural cottons. So, anyway, you, you might be asking yourself, dear listener... Uh, what the hell does hemp have to do with dairy? And I tell you this, nothing. It has nothing to do with dairy. Um, primarily, mostly because the government was driving milk and milk consumption back in the 90s, early 2000s, when we were in school still. Um let me ask you this question, guys. When's the last time you've seen it? It, it got milk ad. I have. It's been a while. It's been a while since I saw those got milk ads, and you know all the celebrities with the little milk mustaches. That was a big thing. It's been a while. Uh, speaking of advertisements, uh, it is time for our affiliate break. Uh, as you know, dedicated listeners would know, we recently partnered up with Buzzsprout, and we host our podcast on there as well as many other wonderful uh you know podcast websites that you can find us on um but if you would like to start your own podcast today is a great day to start your own podcast whether you're looking for a new marketing channel have a message you want to share with the world or just think that it would be fun to have your own talk show podcasting is easy inexpensive and a fun way to expand your reach online buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch promote and track your podcast your show can be online and listed in all major podcast directories like Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So join over 100,000 podcasters that are already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. Now, we're going to have an affiliate link down in the description below. You can use that to join up with Buzzsprout. Um, they have paid membership options, which you get a lot of really great benefits with. Uh, the lowest is starting at $12 a month. And for that $12 a month, um, if you use our you know, link to sign up, you're also going to get a $20 kickback to help towards your podcast. But you'll get um, a personal uh, website for your podcast. I mean, how great is that for $12 a month? You get your own website. So that is one major reason to look into it. You're also going to get uh, an audio player that you can drag and drop into other websites. You get detailed analytics on how people are listening and tools to promote your episodes. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, choose Buzzsprout. It's a great option. Um, and then come hang out with us. Like 
invite us to come be on your podcast. We would love to be on your show. And you come be on our show. Like, if you've got an idea for an episode and you want to talk about it, let's team up. Let's do something. You know, this is the best thing about being a podcaster is the community that we've built. And it's great to just meet people with all these different interests and we can all come together with the same interest in podcasting and discuss amazing topics like federal cheese caves. So again, check out our link in the description below and thanks for uh, checking out Buzzsprout. And we're back. Mike, uh, fill us in more about those Got Milk ads that we were talking about. Yeah, so the the interesting question I want to pose is, is how much of that was the federal government trying to drive price to dairy products? <laughs> I believe that is a very good way. If people don't know that you control the supply of something and then you shove advertisements down their throat about how they should be consuming that product in a very outrageous fashion and then you hire a bunch of celebrities to also push that agenda guarantee you the price of the product that you're hoarding that no one knows you have is going to go up well i think that goes into the theory of displacement right uh so if the usda yeah yeah well uh that's funny that you say that because uh, apparently in the latest cold storage report they have over 211 million pounds of pecans (laughs) <laughs> and just less than a billion pounds of french fries. Uh, I'm just the, saying. What are the chances? Oh, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> oh, so, that, so, so yeah. they have a whole food stockpile? Yeah, so it's uh, 1.5 billion pounds of cheese in storage, uh, 355 million pounds of butter, uh, 211, pound, 211 million pounds of uh, pecans, and just less than a billion pounds of french fries. And I don't understand why they need a billion pounds of french fries, but hey. Bro. That after party is going to be lit. The amount yeah. of burgers and french fries we're going to have. They're just setting up for a big cookout. That's all. Yeah. Well, they're already growing their own hemp, um, you know, and maybe some other cannabinoids. Uh, so it makes sense that they would have pecans and french fries. Bro, we're just going to get stoned and eat french fries and pecans while drinking milk. That's You know, the government's actually a pretty good place. And we're going to do it in a cave. That's and right. I'm pretty cool. I've never been so- stoned in a cave and ate french fries. <laughs> yeah, hell of a trip. So you might be asking yourself, right? Like, like, what do we do with excess cheese? Where does it go? How do we deal with it? Right? Okay. Well, the the answer to that question is, they give it to the low income people. Yeah, the food assistant program, SNAP, WIC, yep. all that stuff. The problem with that, and I'm not sure if you know this, but the fact that dairy is such a large part of the American diet is very much an American thing. Oh, absolutely. Well, There's... let me tell you that milk and dairy products are not actually good for us. First of all, uh, you know, as much as I love milk, um, we should not be drinking, um, you know, milk from another animal. Like yeah, we lack the, I believe it's the, correct me if I'm wrong here, the word, but we lack the enzymes needed to thoroughly break down milk. And yeah. that's why there's such a high population of people who are lactose intolerant. It's just not supposed to be consumed. And we've I think built there's up been a studies that of adults and people who drink milk as kids and then become lactose intolerant later in life too. Hi, as thank a result. you. I uh, so I used to be 300 pounds. I'm down to a little under 200. 
And uh, I used to drink milk like two, two, three gallons a week. And I stopped drinking milk. Um, one, because it started to get very expensive. And two, I didn't have the money for it. But uh, I think that actually contributed to my weight loss. I so after a year of not drinking milk and not eating a lot of dairy products or whatever, I have officially become lactose intolerant. My body can no longer um, take drinking that delicious nectar from the cows. Typically, when you're lactose intolerant, dairy products taste way better. And that's mm-hmm. uh, that's why it's the forbidden fruit. Yeah. But continue, Mike. Yeah, so th- th- they give it to the poor people. They give it to the low-income people that, that don't have the ability to go buy their own own product right um mm-hmm. again the question becomes this is our government we're talking about this isn't a benign charity organization mm-hmm. how are they making money if they're giving it away on federal assistance programs that are paid for by the taxpayer mm-hmm they're not making money. They have to be making money somewhere or else they would not do it. They're not going to do it out of the goodness of their hearts. Yep. It's, and that's, I think that's part of the displacement stuff. You know, they're, they're, uh, they're going behind the scenes, but they said that, um, you know, out of the 1.5 billion pounds of cheese that they have, Fun fact, only 300 million pounds of it belongs to the USDA. The rest is owned by private companies and is stored by the USDA. That's where they make their money because they are storing in those caves and they have become a little, uh, you know, like rent-a-center type thing where you're renting that cave to hold your cheese and then paying the government to keep it safe. That's where they're making their money. Um, so do you have any uh closing uh final facts mike that you want to kind of present or questions you want to pose to our audience related to this topic yeah stop drinking milk and make your own cheese done bam to the point this man said take that big government so landon do you have any uh, words of wisdom for our audience tonight? Um, well, uh, I'd say that the answer uh, for our big question, does the government store cheese? Well, absolutely. They hoard billions of wheels of cheese and uh, they, you know, say they're helping the farmer and the people. But is that true? And do you, the listener, think the government did this to help the farmers? and to help the American people? Or do you think they did this to control the market under the guise that it was helping? Mm, interesting. So I'm going to pose a question to the listeners as well. Um, were you one of the target children that these Got Milk ads were targeted towards? And now that later in life, have you developed a sort of lactose intolerance? Do you believe that it's actually got the vitamin D that you need and it's truly going to make your bones strong, as they said. Did that happen for you? Did you grow up and had good bones, you know, or are you just shitting yourself every time you eat a parfait? 
um, go check out our Facebook group. We're going to post some questions up on Facebook and uh, give us your responses. We want to talk with you. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, we love knowing that you listen, but really want to build that family. We want to have those conversations with you. We want your feedback. But um, Mike, it has been fantastic having you on tonight. It's been so good to hang out with you. Um, just, it does the heart good. Or as they said, milk does the body good. Mike does the heart good. <laughs> but thanks again for uh, stopping by the tavern, guys. Uh, we love our, love our audience. We love having our guests on. And it's just, it's really fun to do this. And we keep doing it for you. So thanks again. And have a wonderful night. <laughs>